Wait, no, I'm just kidding. Welcome back to Emergency Insurance. This week, we're getting a little real with y'all. We're hitting the, the low points and the high points, and we're kind of filling in the blanks of why I've been a little bit MIA, why KT kind of ran a little solo for a week. I think that hopefully we can turn these lows into the highs. So April shares while she left me alone in the shit show that I was last week. And I encourage all the good vibes, good energy, prayers, whatever you believe in, anything good coming her way, our way, everything else in between. So thank you so much. And I'm not going to get crazy with you guys, but please share, rate, review, and everything else in between. Thank you so much for listening. This is Emergency Insurance, and let's get into the episode. April, you're back! I'm back! Sorry I let you fly solo last week, but, you know, sometimes things happen because the best laid plans, as they say, (laughs) don't ever plan, don't ever plan, because you never know what's going to pop up. I will say right now that I'm not really hiding anything. I was saying not saying anything because I hadn't told my kids yet. I wanted to wait until after I told them. But make sure everybody goes and gets their titties checked regularly because I went and had my mammogram done and they found a spot. Called me back, had a diagnostic and an ultrasound. Called me back again. They did ultrasound guided biopsy and voila, I have breast cancer. So... You go to school, you study hard, you pay a lot of money, you land the job of your dreams, and then bam, life smashes you in the face with something like that. So yeah, so last week I wasn't really feeling up to recording anything. I was still processing. And so yeah, so that's it. And I'll be working for at least a couple of weeks, I hope, and then I'm going to have to probably take some leave time because I'm going to be going through a double mastectomy and reconstruction. And I know that I'm going to be taking hormone blockers for probably the next five years. Hopefully they don't find anything else when they go in and do the double mastectomy. But if they do, you know, I'll be figuring out what other kind of treatments I might be having at that point. So, yeah, stupid tits. I know, like, women have to deal with so much already. (laughs) Why? Right? Yeah, so. Yeah, the C word is very scary, but you've, I mean, handled it like a champ, I think. Yeah, it is. It is really scary. And honestly, it, it still kind of feels surreal a little bit. Like, I went to work and... I was working and it was like four o'clock in the morning and I was carrying some blood work from the ER down to the lab. And I was walking up the back hallway to go back to the ED. And all of a sudden I felt like gut punched. And all of a sudden, like in my mind, I was like, fucking cancer. Really? Really? Like, it was just like, I have those moments where it's like the first time I said it, like I got off the phone with my doctor and My husband was like, you'll be fine. It'll be fine. Everything's fine. And so I took the phone call. And as soon as I heard my doctor's voice and not her medical assistant, because her name popped up, I answered the phone. And usually her medical assistant calls and gives me whatever results I needed from whatever test I had. The doctor was like, hey, it's Dr. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, 
shit. It's like, I knew the doctor's not going to be the one calling me if it's nothing. Yeah. So, yeah. So she said it. And then I like hung up the phone with her and my husband was like, so what'd she say? And I was like, well, I have cancer. And I walked away. <laughs> April. And... <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Right. And I was like, I walked like, I walked right past him. I was like, well, I have cancer. And then I was like, that I still like from the other room. I was like, that was really hard to say. Okay. So when he's hungry, he's hungry. And when he wants to eat, he gets hangry. Yeah. (laughs) So he had just gotten done cooking himself a couple of cheeseburgers and hot dogs. And he had just taken one bite of it. And it was like, I went back into the room and he had put his whole plate down. He wasn't eating anymore. Uh And I was like, you were right. He's like, no. <laughs> yeah, it's been a weird thing. Like, I called my best friend and I told her about it. And she's like, why are you not more upset? She's like, I've been sitting over here crying. And all you're doing is going, stupid tits. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to get new ones now. And I'm like, I don't, what am I supposed to do? You know, if I'm not going to laugh about it, I'm going to cry about it. And the best thing you can do is keep a positive attitude about it. Yeah. And you have all the support in the world. Yeah. You're strong. You're strong. Yeah. Well, I'll get her done. And you know what? Maybe this will give me even maybe this will give me more empathy moving forward. Yeah. And I'm just going to say right now that Katie and I are both hot messes this week. And if you hear stuff in the background, (laughs) her kid won't leave her alone. And my cat's meowing at my door again. Always has to be right by my side. Yeah. Well, children are weird like that. It's like all of a sudden they're like, I need to come out of your belly. And then when they come out of your belly, they're like, can I crawl up your ass? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So basically whatever I'm going through, we'll just keep everybody updated. And I uh, appreciate any, you know, good vibes, throw vibes my way. Only good ones. No bad juju. Don't need any more of that. Yeah. If you ever hear Katie flying alone, more than likely, I just don't feel good and I don't want to record. I'm not dead or anything because oh I, highly, I highly doubt this is going to kill me. <laughs> As Kelly Clarkson says, it'll just make me stronger. I didn't realize how much I didn't know about breast cancer. What have you learned that you didn't know? Um, I didn't realize that there's so, first of all, there's so many different kinds of breast cancer. And I also didn't know that different kinds of cancer, breast cancers are fed by different things like there's some that are fed by hormones and driven like, and that's what I have. I have an estrogen and progesterone driven tumor. So the hormone blockers are going to block the hormones that I make so that it won't cause anything else to grow because the receptors on the tumor are for estrogen and progesterone. Then there's also like, if you ever see a commercial on TV and they're talking about like her two negative, her two positive, I never knew what that meant. Her two negative means that, and that I'm her two negative, which is the one that you would rather have. Her two positive is protein driven. So they're way harder to treat their chemo, like for sure kind of stuff. And the HER2 negative means that it's not protein driven. So it's a little bit easier to treat. It's a little bit less aggressive. So there's that. And then they also have, you know, a whole other side of tumors that aren't hormone or protein driven, and they don't know what they, what causes them to form or anything like that. And those are the hardest ones to treat. Those are the ones that usually don't have triple negative is bad. 
that's what you don't want to have. Triple positive isn't great either. Like you want to basically estrogen, progesterone, positive, HER2 negative is kind of the best case scenario. But it's just stuff like that that I, I had no idea. You know? The tedious things. Right. The, te- the other thing that got me was the doctor walked in and I thought this was kind of crazy. He walked in and for some reason my maiden name was on the chart, which I don't even know how it ended up on the chart. And he was like, he looked at me, he's like, is that your last name? And I was like, that was my maiden name. And he was like, so that's your family name. And it ends in W-I-T-Z. And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, are you Jewish? And I'm like, I thought he was making conversation at first. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, "Um, you know, funny, because I just did a 23andMe I got for Christmas and I got the results back. And it says that I'm this little percentage of this like Ashkenazi Jewish. And he's like, that's why I was asking. He goes, because Ash, I think, I, I don't know if I'm saying it right. He's like, but the Ashkenazi Jewish descendants are genetically predisposed to breast cancer and I was like for real wow yes he ended up telling me that just because of the fact that like both of my grandmothers on each side and my paternal aunt all had breast cancer he said that he that was my next question yeah there's a family history my mom's like I don't know why it skipped over me mm-hmm. and um but the doctor recommended me doing intense genetic testing so that I would know all the stuff that I was predisposed to. So I basically sat in the office and spit in a tube just like I did for the 23 and me. And do you know, Angel was making fun of me because we're sitting in the office and I'm trying to get spit worked up for this genetic testing because you have to fill it to a certain line Ew. and it can't. Yeah, it's gross. I hate spit. But like you have to fill it to a certain line and it can't have bubbles. Like if there's bubbles on the top, you have to fill it to the line, but the bubbles have to be like above the line. So I'm sitting there and I'm trying, like I'm moving my tongue around my mouth. I'm putting it on the roof of my mouth and you can't have anything to drink or eat for a half an hour before you do it. And I'm sitting there and I'm trying to make up enough spit to get into this thing. And I'm like, I know it took me forever to fill the thing for the 23 and me up. I was like, so will you guys stop staring at me? Because this is going to take a minute. It's really hard to work up spit on command. Just saying. So you, with you having the family, family history of it, Uh did you start getting breast exams early or did you do? Yeah, actually, you know, that's kind of a good point too. When I was in my twenties, I was just going for my regular yearly and my, my gynecologist did the breast exam and she felt a lump. And she sent me in for a mammogram when I was 27, 26 or 27. And they ended up having to do a lumpectomy back then. So they took that out and it ended up just being like a benign cyst. But you got to remember, this is going back to 1996, I think. So they didn't have the 3D mammograms. They didn't have the diagnostic mammograms. This is like, I mean, I don't feel like it was that long ago. But I mean, were you even born yet in 96? I was one. <laughs> okay, yeah. So we're going back a little way. <laughs> so yeah, back when back then, back in the day, I had that removed, and I've been getting. I, I got yearly mammograms after that, just because of the fact that both my grandmothers, my aunt hadn't had breast cancer yet at that point, but both my grandmothers had had single mastectomies done, but they were in their seventies. I think that my body kind of sped things up a little bit just because of the fact that after I had Christopher, when I was 37, I ended up having to have a radical hysterectomy, which threw me into instant menopause, which, you know, I think just, it, it just speeds everything up. Mm-hmm. Your body isn't supposed to go through menopause at 37 years old, but no. And forcefully. 
Right. And forcefully. So I think that, you know, maybe if I hadn't had to have the hysterectomy done, because they removed my ovaries and everything. So, you know, I think that maybe if I hadn't had that done, maybe I would have developed breast cancer in my 70s like my grandmother's did. But yeah. And then this was just a routine. I was... I was six months late getting this one. I was supposed to get it back in July 2020, but, you know, COVID. And I was going to school. I was in the last, you know, we were doing the last quarter of school, just starting it. And I just put it off, but only for six months. Mm -hmm. So I, the last one I had was in July of 2019 and it was fine. It was clear. Yeah. So whatever developed, developed in a year and a half's time. But the research I was reading too, it was like, by the time this is able to be like detected on a mammogram or anything like that ultrasound, it's probably been manifesting in your body for two to five years. And I was like, huh? Cause right now I feel like, Oh, there's something in my body that shouldn't be there. I want it out. And then I'm like, it's been in there for so long already. And I didn't even know it. You don't even have like a lump, like something that you found. No. And I still can't feel it. Like I have searched for where they said it's at. Like I have poked, prodded, moved, squeezed, squished, (laughs) done everything. I can't feel anything. So the thing is right up against my chest wall and the only reason I know that is because when they were doing the needle biopsy, the, the guy, the radiologist that was doing it, he was like, I have to be really careful not to nick your chest wall. And I'm like, you know, I wear a G cup bra, a G, G, like G, like as in golf. And I have this thing and it has to go right up against my chest wall. Why, why couldn't be at the tip of my tit? Yeah. (laughs) You know, like why tip of the tit would have been way better, I think, than up against the chest wall. I think that's why I can't feel it is because it's like so deep, Mm -hmm. whatever. But I definitely am not going to get a G when I get reconstruction. You're not? Oh, hell no. I don't want, I, no, I wanted to get a reduction as it was. So yeah, the positives, yes. I get to get smaller titties and I won't have to wear a bra because they'll be perky. That's going to be nice. We'll post, pi- <laughs> we'll post pictures. <laughs> and I didn't know this either. They reconstruct a nipple. I thought it was just like 3D tattooing and that was it, but they felt smooth. But they'll actually take the skin and pucker it up and make a little fat nipple. Make a little nip. I'll be like Jennifer Aniston, just like perpetually hard nipples. Oh, that'd be cool. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody will ever look at my face again. (laughs) Pick pick some vids to come, guys. Pick some vids to come. (laughs) Enough about all that. We'll move on. I'll keep everybody updated. The good news. The good news. The good news. We are both officially off orientation. We both officially have RN behind our name. You know, you touched on it last week and I know you were kind of slap happy about it. No reason you shouldn't have been because that test is hard. I did the same thing as you did. I finished it. I got in my car and I just kind of blanked out and went, what just happened? (laughs) Do you enjoy the freedom that you have now being off orientation, being on your own? I love it. Yeah, me too. I love, I love not having someone looking over my shoulder because when someone's looking over my shoulder, that's when I screw up. Exactly what you said. It's the pressure of, I don't know, it just clouds you. Yeah. And I don't feel like I can be totally me with my patients when like, when I first started, like, I know how I am with patients because being a PCA, I like to build a rapport with people. Like I, I'm a talker. I go, obviously I go in and I start talking to people and I'm like, I try and relate to them as best as I can. But when I have somebody with me, I didn't feel like I could totally be myself 
because I felt like I was being judged. And I mean, I was kind of being judged, but not in a bad way. I mean, obviously they have to judge you and see if you're right for the job. I was terrified going into, I was really nervous going into my first shift on my own. And I say that in quotes, you know, cause you're not on your own. Cause you have your coworkers and people there to help you, you know, but I don't I was, think saying that you're terrified is a bad thing. I was terrified the first night that I went in I was quote unquote on my own. And you're right. You're never alone. You, I mean, you have all your coworkers there to help you and ask questions of, and you got your A&M and everything, but at the same time, you're liable now. You're liable, and you have to make sure that you're prioritizing properly. Okay. You have to make sure that all the T's are crossed and all the I's are dotted. And, you know, there's not somebody there following up and making sure that you did that. Yeah. You know, so it's that kind of stuff. It's like if you have something to do that you've never done before or something that you're nervous about doing, you always have somebody that you can grab to help you. But at the same time, you don't have somebody sitting there checking everything you did to make sure that you did it right. So the other night, this is like my, it was actually my third night on my own. And I, we had a patient that was there and there was, you know, it was a pregnancy thing. I don't know if it's hyperemesis or something like that. But anyway, she was fine. And, you know, they had done an ultrasound. Every doctor is different, okay? They all do things differently. They do things in different orders, and you have to learn your doctors. So I, the particular doctor that was working that night, I hadn't worked with a whole lot on orient, when I was on orientation. And this patient that I had, we gave her some medicine, and she was up for discharge. In the computer, it said discharge. And she had one prescription that she was getting. And normally in when someone's being discharged, it says discharge, the prescription is signed and they, they have this rack that they put the prescription pad on their clipboard in. To me, that said, this patient's ready to go discharge them. So I went in and I printed the AVS and I got the everything together and I stapled it all together. And I went in and I talked to her and I said, here's your prescription. Here's this, here's that. You can get into your, my chart, blah, blah, blah. And I discharged her. And then I got kind of pulled aside by the AM into an empty room. And she's like, Did you discharge your patient in room whatever? And I'm like, Yeah. She was like, She didn't have the results of the of the ultrasound back. So what happened was the doctor never saw the results of the ultrasound. They hadn't come back yet. So she was like, It's it's fine don't worry about it because everything was fine. But as an example, if she had had an ectopic pregnancy and she got discharged and there was an issue, it wouldn't have been fine. And I was like, oh my, you have to watch the color that's next to their name to know if they're actually up for discharge yet. And even though it said discharge, it, the color hadn't changed. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't paying attention to that. I was paying attention to the word. And so I discharged her and I was like, oh my God, I felt awful. I was like, that was dumb. That was so stupid. I, I am so sorry. I felt horrible. And she's like, it's fine. She was like, because she was fine, but just, you know, make sure that you don't make this mistake going forward because, you know, it could have been bad. Perfect example of not having somebody there to make sure that you're doing things right. You got lucky. So. So. Yeah, I did. I got lucky. And I also like, I immediately went over to one of the nurses and I was like, 
you need to tell me what every single one of these colors mean and I'm writing them down because I keep a little notebook in my pocket. I definitely like being off orientation. I get mad when I can't get an IV and I have to go ask for help. Me too. It's like a, it hurts the ego and I give myself two tries. I'll never stick a patient more than twice, but I will stick them twice. Mm -hmm. And if I don't get it in two, I'm like, oh, but I had one girl the other night. I actually feel good because she was like, I have awful veins. You're going to have an awful time. Everybody always has to stick me tons of times in order to get me. I got her on the first try and she was like, oh my God, that barely even hurt. She was like, you must've been doing, you must be doing this for a long time. I was like, I'm going to tell you a secret. I just graduated nursing school in September. (laughs) She said, are you serious? That's so funny. But that one made me feel good. Yeah, it definitely feels good when people compliment you like that. My first night went well. We were pretty slow. I didn't get slammed, so that was nice. Mm -hmm. I was bored, but it was nice to kind of like have trickling patience so I could just... He eased into it. Yeah. My second night on my own, I got in a wreck on the way to work. (laughs) Don't you love snow? Uh Uh-huh. So I was late. (laughs) I got to work. I did get to work, but I did have a little bump in the road, I shall say, on the way. Yeah, that sucks. I would have been so mad. I was frazzled. Did a little slide, a little ice skate with the car. Yeah, it was the most graceful wreck ever. It had nothing nothing to do with you rushing or anything, did it? I had a... I wasn't speeding. I really wasn't. And I would 100% admit if I was acting like a crazy person. Yeah. You say all this as you slide off the road and hit something on the side of the road. Yeah. (laughs) The reason I asked you if you were rushing or if you were driving crazy is because, yeah, that meme I sent you. And that's (laughs) literally me. You're like, it's literally me. Because I leave my house at 545 Mm -hmm. to get to work and be able to stop if I need to. And I will literally wake up at 5.30, lay in bed until probably 5.40. Because all I do is I go to the bathroom, like you need to know that. And I brush my teeth and put my scrubs on and walk out the door. I do my makeup, whatever, while I'm driving. (laughs) Yeah, I'm jealous. I can't do that. But I'll shower the night before. I get all my stuff out. So I have to, like, I have a little pile. And then I'll just grab my stuff and go like I don't have anything that I have to get ready yeah in the morning. but you also like don't have to do your hair because your hair is always cute even if it's a mess it's cute oh thanks you know that's my morning routine I'm up and out I wish I could do that I probably would but you know what I, I, I would cut it so close just like you do I would cut it too close like right now I set my alarm for 4 15 and I'm up and out of bed by 4 30 to leave my house at six no <laughs> wear mascara because i would literally rub my eyes and i would look like a raccoon and that's what i do when people like you know those moments where you're just like oh my god yeah like see i don't rub my forehead i literally rub my eyeball the amount of times i do it at work (laughs) i would just have just they'd be like were you crying (laughs) are you okay the literal amount of times that you rub your eyes because you can't believe people perfect example my patient the other night didn't like me so because he didn't like me he decided he was going to pee in the sink naked take his clothes off and pee in the sink naked so i actually got to say to an adult where are your clothes and why are they off and why are you peeing in the sink and spitting on oh sorry and spitting on the floor hawking loogies all over the floor (sighs) 
Doesn't that make you crazy? I'm like, why? Just why? Well, I can't put them on. They were on. Your clothes were on. Yeah. Sir. Yeah. <laughs> sir. <laughs> sir, excuse me. Your clothes were on. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'll never get that either. Like, I don't know. The thing that kind of... Here's my thing. And everybody's different. And I don't know. I just feel like there's certain things that, for me would be so embarrassing I guess I don't know like it's just certain things that like if I shat myself and had to have someone clean me like I know it happens to people and you know I am completely understanding about it but when someone who's fully capable of not doing that does it it blows my mind yeah but some people don't care they're just like calling on their call light and they'll be like, I had an accident. I'm like, you can walk. <laughs> like you were sleeping. So I know you weren't in that much pain. You've had, you've been medicated and you can walk. What do you mean you had an accident? <laughs> I just don't understand that. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. I, I'm I fear I'm already becoming jaded. But I was told that I need to get a better backbone. Oh, that's what they tell me. They're like, You're too nice. I'm like, sorry. Yeah. I think you get jaded pretty quickly. Yeah. My but- hardest thing is that when when a patient starts and this happened to me the other day, when a patient starts getting angry because they're not getting what they want prescription wise from the doctor and I'm discharging them. And they're mad and they're like getting angry with me. And I'm like, I'm the nurse. I don't write these. I just hand them to you so you can leave. Mm -hmm. Like there's like, I looked at this one person and I was like, there is literally nothing I can do for you. You don't want to see the doctor again because you just said that she's going to tell you the same thing that she said the last time. And there's, I can't write a prescription for you. What would you like me to do? Nothing. <laughs> I'm going to fill out a survey. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry your visit didn't go as you planned. I don't know. You know, like there are certain people that come in that come in all the time. And there's, you know, sometimes people just aren't quite right. And there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> but there's a few people that come in and they legit scare me Mm -hmm. you know and i'm like i literally like they're like okay this person is not going to even want their discharge papers but you have to give them to them they're not going to take them they're going to leave them behind i'll tell you that right now and it's like they're basically like just make sure that you don't get too close and i'm like what (laughs) you know like they're like well you know you never really know what that person's gonna do so you kind of just have to throw the papers at them. And I'm like, throw the papers at them. And they're like, well, not throw them at them, but, you know, just be like, okay, so here's your papers and then leave them and walk out. And I did that and this person moves so fast. And it's like the person goes from like a completely relaxed position to completely springing up out of the chair in like a millisecond. It made me jump back. It scared Mm me. I don't know. People scare me sometimes. That's how that... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that guy was is when I got report when I first got there the nurse giving me a report on the guy 
said he's sleeping right now, but just be aware with him or be cautious because he has a lot of history of violence, like in the hospitals with mm-hmm. nurses, with doctors. So I knew that. Thank- I'm glad they told me that, you know, but he's like, just a heads up. He was ready to leave for a while, but he was just sleeping. So I'm like, when he wakes up, then he can go. I'm not going to go in there, wake him up, whatever. So I'm not going to fight with him over putting his clothes on or peeing in the sink by all means. Mm-hmm. I'm not, whatever. You're not going to get a reaction out of me, even though I know that's what you want, because you want something to fight, get fired up over, you know yeah. what I mean? So I'm like, no, I walk in, see you peeing in the sink seat and you're naked. All right. <clears throat> let me know when you're clothed. So I can walk you back to the waiting room. Yeah. Because no. there's no point. You're already doing it. I, whatever. Absolutely not. Whatever. I was told about one one instance. And this happened to a nurse that I work with. And she had just started working there. And it was one of our frequent people that come in was mad because he was being discharged. And as he walked out, it was the new nurse. She had just gotten off orientation. And she was like sitting at the triage desk. And as he walked out the door, he open-handed smacked her completely across the face. And she was like, she didn't even see it coming because she wasn't even like dealing with him. She was doing her own thing. And he just walked past her and he was like, what? And I was like, did he get in trouble? And they were like, yeah, he got in trouble. You can't hit people. (laughs) Like, you're not going to just like walk out of here after doing that to somebody. Like, no, he got to stay you know, in a locked cell for a little bit after that. But I was like, could you, what would you do if you were sitting in triage and somebody came in and just like totally bitch slapped you across the face? I, I don't know. <laughs> I would yeah. like, that's what scares me is like, I don't know if I'd black out and like, try it, like smack. Go after him. <laughs> or I'd be in such shock that I'm like, what the? what yeah that's what i I said don't know like i don't know what i would do i I mean what can you do that's when you have to like internalize everything and just close your eyes and take a deep breath don't kill them and uh clench your teeth a little bit so we are punching bags that can't fight back and defend ourselves and that sucked. We had an instance not that long. It was like right after I started when I was, I wasn't there, but someone actually like they were being discharged and they got mad about it and they ripped a whole computer off the wall, kicked a garbage can across the room and had to be like physically taken out by the security. And he ended up getting arrested for that because that was like a destruction of property, but mm-hmm. he was like ripping it off of the wall to throw it at somebody. I mean, I, I feel like so torn about that, that somebody would do something like that so they could get to eat and have somewhere to sleep for a few days. It just makes me feel so many different ways. Like it makes me feel sad and mad and, yeah. you know, it, it's just, I don't know. Like, I hate the fact that we have to be the ones to take the brunt of that a lot of times. And I hate the fact that they feel that that's the lengths they have to go to, to not freeze for a couple days and to have oh, a full yeah. belly. Well, and that, that's what I was going to say. I couldn't imagine because it's like, thankfully I've never been in this situation. So I don't know what I would do. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. And you know, honestly, if anybody's out there that's listening to us, that happens to have any experience working in a prison as a nurse, I would love to talk yes. to and interview you So, yeah, hit us up somehow. Instagram or Facebook, send us a message. 
This week we are back to doing dumbass things. Where's my drum roll? You're awful. You suck at the drum roll thing. I'm never asking again. Don't. So do you have any dumbass things that you did this week? I have two. I so when I was on orientation with my preceptor, I went to go hook up. Um, this was a while ago. I went to go hook up uh, suction. So the tubing, like the concept, the process of doing it is the same, but like the equipment can be different depending on where you are. So the equipment that they have is, was different than what I had done in school. When I'm taking the tubing off and hooking it up, I hook it into the canister and then I'm going to hook the other end to the yonker. That's pretty much all you have to do. You just hook it in. Two, two things, hook and hook, not that hard. So I go to put it on the yonker and it doesn't fit. And I'm like looking at it and I'm like, what the heck? And so then I like unhook it and switch the sides. Cause I thought maybe I did, you know, put it on the wrong side and the, the other side doesn't fit on the yonker either. So then I put it back and I'm like, and my presenter is just standing there watching me. And I'm like, what? what am I doing wrong? She's like, just take the cap off, take the cap off the end of the tubing. I'm like, oh. Okay, pop the pop the cap off and it fit on perfectly and I was good to go. <laughs> Mind you, that that's just backstory. So then I'm I'm off orientation. I go to get a suction ready because I'm doing sedation. And I'm standing there and it's not fitting on the yonker. And I literally stop and I'm like, I know I did this. I could not remember. I go, I know there is one thing I know I did, something I know it was really dumb. I'm trying to remember. And then uh the person in the room with me was like, just take the cap off. And I'm like, oh my God. So you just said the magic words that now you know you'll never do that again. And I said that about, I think it might have been my first dumbass thing. And that's my dumbass thing this week. I did it again. Oh gosh. Yeah. So back when I told, and I I think it was my first one. um, When I disconnected the wrong part of the IV tubing and there's blood everywhere because I took the wrong connector off and... This person was just, transport was there to get them to take them upstairs to their room because they were being admitted. And I was just unhooking them from their fluids, which were pretty much done so that they could go upstairs, not hooked up to anything. And I was, I didn't have gloves on or anything. And this person was standing. They were, you know, they were a walkie talkie. Mm -hmm. And I unscrewed the thing and the person just started bleeding all over the place and i was like oh my god i have no gloves on and i grabbed the end of the the like so i grabbed the bag again and you know what i had just disconnected and i reconnected it and i've got blood all over my hand Mm. i'm like i don't have um like i'm not even gonna worry about it because i don't have any open Mm -hmm. cuts or anything like that on my hand and i go wash my hand real quick and like i'm a little bit freaked out but you know i was told in the beginning you can't be afraid of getting blood and poop and stuff like that on yourself when you do this job because it is going to happen at some point you're gonna get blood on you you're gonna get poop on you you're gonna get vomit on you it's just gonna happen Mm -hmm. but it kind of freaked me out for a minute but then i was like I actually called my AM over and I was like, I don't understand what kind of tubing this is. I don't know why. What it's missing a spot. I ended up putting an alcohol cap on the end of it because I couldn't figure out. 
He's like, it's the regular tubing. You're just disconnecting it in the wrong spot. I'm like, I don't even know what's wrong with me. I was like, <laughs> I'm done. Like, my shift just started and I'm already done. So that was my dumbass thing that I did this week. And it was a repeat of a dumbass thing that I had already done. Who's out there? Oh, who's here? I don't know. It's, it's Super Bowl. Hold on. <laughs> you're you're really out. Fast. You know what? I think we're done because it sounds like your house is falling down. Your kid is about to lose her mind. As and am I. you've got people screaming in the background and dogs barking. And my kid's playing too loud of video games. So I think on that note, we out. We we out. We've been out. Bye. <laughs>